Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to a really fun episode of Cubs on Tap. I am your host for tonight. I am no Ron Luce, I'll tell you that, and that's why I'm I'm a half bottle of wine through, and I'm trying to do this intro. So Cubs on Tap is presented by On Tap Sportsnet. Make sure you're heading to www.ontapsportsnet for all your sports and literature needs. Stop by the merch store, uh, pick up some merch. Go ahead, read all the articles. All the Chicago sports teams are in the middle of something going on right now, if it's not off-season, or the impending football season that is, what, six days away, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, what a great freaking day. I'm sitting here. I just told Cody I'm a half bottle of wine through, and this Cubs on Tap is celebrating a 4-1 to Really exciting, fun Cubs win. Cody, your initial thoughts on tonight's game? Uh, my initial thoughts. For, okay. For, my first thought is that this game didn't go as what I expected. I mean, I didn't even expect to see what there were five runs total. I thought this was going to be like a two to one game because Jack Flattery, as much as I hate St. Louis, that guy is an elite starter in this game. And he gave up. Well, he threw like over 40 pitches in the first inning. He's an elite gambler, too, from what I've heard. Really? Well, I mean, he got COVID somehow, or he likes oh, yeah. to party in the freaking yeah, Ozarks. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, real elite about a lot of things. This well, is going to be, and we, me and Cody, before we stepped on this episode, said this is going to be a Cardinal hate episode. So, first of all, this is already explicit. So, fuck the Cardinals. Fuck and St. it's it fucks St. Louis. And fucking right, they won 4-1. to one. Yeah, well, anyway, you know, as much as I hate St. Louis and as much as I hate the Cardinals, I, I respect Jack Flattery. He's, he seems like a guy did not have it tonight. He he quite literally, like he, like I said, threw over 40 pitches in the first inning. He didn't even make it to the third or fourth inning. I, I much better. And once the Cubs scored, I knew it was over because you Darvish has just been electric. And, like, that's not even putting it at what it actually has been beyond electric like insane like jake arietta 2015 second half insane level like maybe even better <laughs> like i don't know but like, that's a statement i know like and that was historic second half like yeah you can compare, like if there's any cubs cubs pitcher you can compare like the run that you darvish is on right now it's that but, like, as soon as the Cubs scored, I was like, this game is over. You Darvish is going to at least give us seven tonight and not allow more than two runs. He gave up the one home run to Matt Carpenter. Fuck him and his fucking salsa. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. Yes. But after, after Matt Carpenter hit that home run, the Cardinals could not do anything. And even when Darvish came out, the Cardinals could not hit anything. Rowan Wick was good, and Jeremy Jeffers came in and and shut him down. I think he walked a guy in that ninth inning, but you know got a double play to end it. He struck out the first guy he faced. Like all in all, like everything that you like when you think of like a just on paper Cubs win, especially when you have your ace on the mound like you Darvish, everything that you think of happened tonight. The Cubs scored early. You Darvish was great, and then you got Rowan Wick and and Jeremy Jeffers at the back of the pen to, to close out the game, and they were good. Like there, there's nothing you could be mad about this game. No, I think it's the first time me and you've sat on this podcast and had the opportunity to just have fun because a lot of times we're talking about something that happened in the bullpen that made it super interesting at the end. All there, they probably won at the end, and we're sitting here, but. No, realistically, man, like me and Ron Lewis talked about it last night. The Cubs' approach tonight was exactly what I hoped to see for the entire season. You know, yeah. they ran up Flaherty's pitch count real early, worked deep counts on a really good pitcher, and they didn't try to do too much while they were up there in the box. You right. know, I, I thought tonight, out of a lot of the guys who have struggled, we've seen some of the best at-bats all season. And I know it won't show on the stat line for Chris Bryant, but this guy is close to timing it up. I can see yeah. it. It's coming. He's he feels like he's healthy again with that wrist, and now I feel like it's just a matter of time before this guy's squaring up baseballs again. Yeah, even 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 before this game, he was he was hitting the ball harder for sure, and he had a double in his first at bat tonight. I forgot what he did after that, but he I, I feel like he squared up the ball almost every at bat tonight. I don't think he struck out either. 
And this is with Angel Hernandez behind the plate. So, you know, <laughs> we, he, he was fed up with CB Buckner, uh, you know, the other night. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, the offense, it's, it's back to like what we are accustomed to. Uh, Javi buys still the only one who seems like is struggling. I he's up and down, but I, we talk about all the time. Like he's kind of an all or nothing guy. Like, there's no like steadiness with him. It seems like he's really streaky outside of that 2018 season. And, you know, maybe a little part of last year, I just feel like he's, he's either all or nothing. And that's the struggle with him. And that's why people were probably wondering why he's still batting, you know, third or fourth in the lineup, you know, and I, you know, I love Javi. I, I, I want it. I want the Cubs to extend him. but if he could ever just, you know, if he could ever change his approach to more like what we've seen out of Jason Hayward, even when Jason Hayward's struggling, you love the approach Jason Hayward brings to the game. Chris Bryant, when he's struggling, you still love his approach that he brings because he's at least going to see a lot of pitches and usually put the ball in play. Um, you know, a, a handful of other guys. And with Baez, he's like the only one that's like, if you get him down 0-2, it's tough to watch. And... He did get a hit finally tonight, um, but I mean, I don't know. I, if there's anything negative about the game, it's, it's probably Javi Baez. I don't know what he, what the stat line is. I, I do know he got a hit, but um, whenever early in the game, he he in big situations, he didn't do anything, and you know it's frustrating. But I don't know if the Cubs are winning and he's the only one struggling. I mean, that shows just how deep the team really is. Yeah, I have a question for you regarding what was worse to watch. Either Javi Baez at bats in the in this game, or the Twitter timeline of St. Louis. <laughs> what was worse? Oh, it's well, definitely, the, definitely the the Twitter time, like Cardinals Twitter, just bitching and moaning about the Cubs players celebrating in the dugout. I'm so fucking tired of Cardinals Twitter. Like, if I could just delete them from existence, I would. Like these people, and I, I'll be nice. It's not all of them. I have friends who are Cardinals fans and, and don't do this. But like, how much? How much do they pay you to be friends with them? <laughs> they don't pay me enough, damn it. <laughs> but you know, I just why like of all the things, especially when there's no fans in the stands, you got to do something to give your team energy. Like every team should be doing what the Cubs are doing in the dugout. Every team, and that's not just Cubs bias coming from me. Like. They literally said that they do this because it helps give the team energy. How else are you going to get your energy if you don't have a crowd outside of the fact that just going out and playing? But, like, sometimes you need that extra boost. Every team needs that. So, like, when you got people on Cardinals Twitter freaking bitching and moaning about how the hell we celebrate, oh, I'm sorry we're not fucking Mike Matheny sitting in the dugout <laughs> with a frown on our face pissed off at the world even when you're up 5 nothing in a game. Obviously not this game, but, like, you that's what that's what like the best the quote unquote best fans of baseball are all about. They're all about, you know, you know, bunting with with a with a guy on first base and no outs. They're all about, you know, I small ball and like things that are back like the way the game was played, like in the 80s and the 70s and 80s and shit like that's that's who, who the best fans in baseball are. They like they're like the the old boomers who like can't get with the goddamn times. And that, the guy that I tweeted at on Twitter, on the Cubs on Tab account, he was legit was that exact presence. And I'm not trying to put old people down. If you're old and you listen to this podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. But, like, it's so inf infuriating when these – when older – like, older generations are trying to put down people, cel like, celebrating or just doing anything that's remotely fun. That is what the best fans in baseball are. That that that's that is the definition of them, and god damn it, they annoy the living shit out of me. <laughs> even when the Cubs are winning, even when you Darvish is shoving ninety-eight mile an hour fastballs down Paul Goldschmidt's fucking throat, dominating them. Cardinals Twitter and the best fans of baseball are pissing me off because they're just fucking annoying and stupid. For their like the way that they think, like they just I, don't get it. They don't get it. Like no. I, uh, so I I do another podcast with uh, some buddies from from college, and we had Jared Carabas on this week. Shout out. Um, 
and we talked to him about like the like the game and like how we need to get the the younger generations into like to get them interested to keep this to grow the game and he talked about guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. and you know Tim Anderson as much as I don't want to talk about the White Sox on this freaking podcast but like those two are great examples Javi Baez if we're going to talk about someone on the Cubs like these types of players are the people who are going to get younger generations excited because they play with like you know their personality on the field and, and stuff like that. And these people on Cardinals Twitter who who are like that, who are like against it. And Grant, there's probably people, there's obviously people like that on other fan bases, but it just for some reason highlights so much more from Cardinal fans. It's just infuriating and it doesn't, it doesn't help anything. Like that's that's the thing. Then that, that's the point I'm trying to make is like what what the what that guy tweeted that I quoted on the Cubs on Tap account is just blatantly stupid. Just to be blunt, it was incredibly stupid to even say. I, I a thousand percent, and I think that the hard part with this is baseball. And you'll probably agree with this, even you being a baseball lover. Baseball is a boring game. Yeah. After, I mean, there are minutes in between action. There are walks. There are things in baseball that are boring. Pitching changes. A lot of downtime. The mm-hmm. game is not like football or the NBA or hockey, where just constant action, even football, like, but football seems to keep your, your attention span through other things because they're able to break it down. But baseball has a problem with marketing because a, there's too many people like Cardinal fan bases who want it to be like world war two baseball, where it was the scruffy skinny guys who, you know, hit the ball through the infield and they were gritty and they came and they showed up to work and maybe they weren't the most athletic, but you know, they, they got through on full willpower, but that's not sports nowadays. Look at the most iconic guys in each sport. You're LeBron James, you're Tiger Woods, you're, you know, talking about like hockey, like you're, you're most exciting, like I would say like uh, like um, like Patrick Kane or in mm-hmm. football, like, you know, like you're I know he's a psycho, but Antonio Brown's the guys who like they have the ball in their hands and they're electric no matter when they <laughs> touch it. You know, that's yeah. what I'm like any wide receiver in the NFL. Yes. <laughs> so like those are it's so easy to market that because they have exciting plays or. You know, there's there's these guys have these big personalities, but the problem with the MLB is is you have the average age of fan at like 55 years old, mm-hmm. and then this new fan base that likes baseball, but they want it this way, and everybody seems to be fighting in the middle. And I feel like I feel like Cardinals and Cubs fans have that rivalry rivalry with each other right now in a lot of ways because of the two styles of baseball that and the two different temperamentals of the locker room that they had, like the Cardinals have always been business and Mm. the Cubs for the last, you know, 10 years have been, we're going to have fun. You know what I mean? We're going to be that team that go, that goes out there and and we play flashy and we play for the fans. And you you see Javi Baez out there, you know, having fun and smiling and, you know, playing in the dugout with his gum, you know, you see like, yeah, Wilson Contreras rounding rounding the bases, and mm-hmm. he, he, Bryce Harper he, has that flair too, right? But like that's the thing, like baseball has that problem, and they won't ever figure it out until they can push that older generation out that wants to fight it tooth and nail. That's the problem. Yeah. Because think about it: if you're 55 years old and you're telling your kids like that, you can't have fun. It, it's just a recipe for arguments at the dinner table. You know what yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. It, it's a problem, and that's the other thing. Like that guy you tweeted on on uh, on the comes on tap account. Yeah. Like that guy kept going back to people and posting like how many it's, championships they yeah. win. Hey, boomer, nobody gives a fuck about your fucking World War Two trophies that you had from fucking 1940. Get fucked, dude. Literally. This is 2020, dude. That was 80 freaking years ago. The say- Cardinals have been fucking irrelevant since they won the World Series in 2011. That's nine years. Your 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 t- your squad has sucked. So right. get fucked. I, 
that guy what was his name Willis. What the fuck are you talking about, Willis? That's all <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah, no, I. That's like one of like what that Cardinal fan was doing. Like when he's sharing the the championships, that's like the equivalent of the of the classic Yankees fan like going to the Red Sox fan and like throwing out the 27 rings, even though the Red Sox have more championships than the Yankees this, like this century. Like it's, it's, it's stupid. And like, like you said, the Cardinals out of the 11 rings they have literally almost all of them are from like literally when segregation was a thing. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a goddamn joke that these, that this fan base continues to throw that at us. It's so fucking stupid. Well, it's much like Packer fans who sit there, and talk about how they have more championships. Well, you've had two of the best quarterbacks ever, and you you have two Super Bowls in the last since 1980 to show for it. Like, yeah. get fucked, dude. Like, it's it's so stupid. It's this the Cardinal fan. I'm a thousand times with you, and I've tr- I trashed him last night, and Ron was laughing his ass off <laughs> at the show at the end because I always have my juice rants of how much I hate the city of St. Louis. Right. And at this point, it doesn't surprise me. I'm just glad that it's finally becoming like apparent. In the world, you know, I think 2020 has been a year of the reckoning. Everybody's figuring out what people. I think we're, you know, everybody says we're getting like segregated. I think we're getting closer to each other because we're figuring out who's full of shit and who's not full of shit. And I'm, I'm hoping people are figuring out these Cardinal fans are the worst thing in all of sports. Literally all of sports. There is nothing worse than that fan base. Nothing. And you know what? It's, it's funny to me. I've been on the I hate the Cardinal train for a long time. I know you have too because mm-hmm. we've had these conversations. But I'll tell you what, man. It's it's stupidity, the way that they operate and the way that they think things should be done, and that their word is like the gospel of baseball. Like that yeah. is what's so goddamn annoying. Because I mean you can say too, there are two of the most exciting baseball teams in Chicago right now. One in, for the White Sox, who are playing really exciting baseball, and the mm-hmm. Cubs have been really solid for, you know, in the last five, six years. That's mm-hmm. great for the MLB. You know, Maybe the Cardinals should take a page out of that and have some fun. And maybe somebody other than Dexter Fowler, who's looking for a money grab, will come and actually want to play in your city. Maybe they won't <laughs> consider it boring if you're having some fun down there. That's that's just my two cents on it. Right. Well, another thing is, like, I feel like Yadier Molina is, like, the closest thing to flashy that they have. Like, he's very – he shows emotion on the field all the time. Like, and – as much as I like can't stand him because he's one of the biggest Cubs killers of my entire lifetime, the guy is a great – like he's been a consistent player for them for a long time, and that's a reason why they would never trade him for Trout. But like, <laughs> you know, like what do Cardinal fans think when he like does something on the field that's flashy or, you know – shows any kind of emotion. Like what, what do those fans think when he's doing it? He's the one that they fucking beloved. Like I said, they literally wouldn't trade him for Mike Trout, which is the dumbest thing ever, but that's what, that's how they are. Like the, the quote unquote best fans of baseball, they literally would go to war for Yadier Molina would never trade him for Mike Trout. So I, I like, and it, when I say that Yadier Molina is the, the, the closest thing to flashy that they have, like it's it's a very small line of flashy because he's he's not like Javi Baez he's not like you know Tim Anderson or Fernando Tatis he's been in the league a long time he but he I feel like he's he's grown with what the game's trying to move to a little bit just just based off some highlights I've seen or whatever I mean the guy he's got he's gotten thrown out of games for trying to start brawls with people and shit before it's not like he's you know just straight business all the time he's yelling at people if something does something does something does go do something right or whatever i don't know like like i said it's a very small like flashy thing it's nothing like what i the guys i've already mentioned but like anytime that guy does something for the cardinals the cardinal fan base will obviously you know go to war for him but I just wonder, like, how, like, it's just so hypocritical in a sense. And it, it, it just annoys my shit. So, like, I've, we, we honestly, I don't want to give the guy that we're trolling any more airtime, but, like, fuck him. <laughs> like, that's my final thoughts on me is just fuck him because I just, I can't, I can't take, I can't take fans like that anymore, man. Like, it's just so fucking stupid. And, uh, if you need to feel better, just go – Not no free ads, but go follow the Best Fans St. Louis account on Twitter. It's one of the greatest accounts on Twitter. Oh, it is. And 
you just get a complete laugh of all, all out of all these stupid idiots who fucking they're just all fucking stupid. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we uh, I think we got some hate out before we can talk about some good stuff right here. You know, I, I will say this. You mentioned how uh, Yadier Molina is the most flashy that they have. That's the equivalent to like. You know the old guy staying up like past like nine thirty. Like that's yeah. that's what Yadi Molina is in that that clubhouse. It's like you know he's old. You know it's like when your grandfather's like, oh yeah, son, it's it's eight thirty, it's seven thirty Florida time. I'm not going to bed yet. I may be up until eight thirty. You know, and he's like trying to hang. You know that's that's Yadi Molina in a fucking nutshell. But let's talk about some good things that happened tonight uh, with this Cubs four to one win. Um, obviously we touched briefly on you Darvish and his success tonight. I just, let's just, we can five minutes or maybe even three minutes to just bond over the fact that we are witnessing like one of the greatest stretches, as you mentioned earlier in Cubs starting pitching, you know, a series of seven starts. This is probably, you probably won't see anything like this for a long time, you know, and that's what you Darvish is doing. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning of the show, like you could compare you. I want to put these numbers next to Jake Arrieta's like second half of 2015 and 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 see what the differences are. Um, obviously, on the Cubs on Tap account, or if you follow on Tap Sports and on Twitter, uh, we've been sharing an article I wrote. Uh, actually, wrote a couple days ago, but we released it today because it was U Darvish's start day, and it has all the stats about what U Darvish and Jake Arrieta are right now. Um, comparing the contracts, because, you know, for the last three years we've had to hear, you know, how uh, Darvish is a bust or whatever for the Cubs in terms of free agent contract, which uh, that's not true anymore after what we've seen, not only this year, but in the second half of last year. Um, so if you haven't read it, go 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 follow us on Twitter and, and go read that. But, um, no, like, you Darvish, ha- it's not even, like, like, it's not surprising that he's doing this considering what we saw at the end of last year. He was carrying the Cubs at the end of last year, and he just brought it into this year. And the only thing that sucks is that we're not playing 162. I'd love to see this guy do this for an entire season, not just, like, two months. Because you know, even if he wins the Cy Young Award this year, people are going to, like, you know, it's not going to have any respect on it because right. it's not a full season. And that's what sucks. And, you know, it is what it is. You know, if the Cubs go on to win the World Series behind him and, and everything, I'm still going to celebrate the World Series like it's 2016, whatever. I've, I've been saying that for months. But, like, I mean, that's just what it is. We, we would probably say the same thing if another team won. You know what I mean? But Cy Young Award aside and all that, like, the fact that Darvish is just, like, doing – he is literally doing whatever he wants on the mound right now. Like it doesn't matter what he throws. Like he is he's making hitters look like fucking idiots, man. Like outside of Matt Carpenter tonight, he made everyone look bad. Like, and even that one, like that that was like the perfect got the ball in the air into the jet stream, ended up right. in the basket. Lazy yeah, the wind fly was ball. blowing out tonight. Right. We didn't so, even I mention mean, the wind was blowing out. <laughs> so I mean it's like I I look at what he's doing now, and I, I'm, I'm in a lot of awe and a lot of admiration considering the rap he got from the Cubs fans at the beginning of the contract, him expecting to come in and be you know, the top of the guy. Yeah, and I'm with you 100% that you know, I hope that he carries this up. Is it bad, though, if there's a little part of me that hopes he gets slided in the Cy Young because there is a contract clause that if he wins the Cy Young, he gets paid more? <laughs> and I do understand that payroll is tight here for the Chicago yeah. Cubs. And I'm almost yeah, thinking, just, like, just just blow two starts in a row and have somebody else win it. You know what I mean? Go ahead and give it to Bauer. He wants to get paid. Go ahead. Right. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the but, – but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'm happy he's doing this. And, obviously, the Cubs are, are playing it this way because they'd be happy to, uh, you know, right. pay that at the end of the year if it means he's a Cy Young Award winner. But – with that said, you know, it's <laughs> money's been an issue for a while here. And I'm like, please just just blow like one or two starts that don't matter at the end of the season. That way we can, you know, we can breathe heavily that he's not going to get paid. You know, I don't know what how much the contract clause is, but I know it's in there. And I'm yeah. sure it's it's a 
it's probably a hefty bonus. Right. Well, you know, and another thing that like, despite outside of the contract and in the bonus or whatever, but like just as a fan and just as the, for the Cubs, like Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer, like them watching this, you know, this is after, like you mentioned in 2018, where things were bad. He only had eight starts in 2018. Arietta had like 24, 25. So everyone just assumed the, you know, the, the contract was a giant bust for the Cubs after one year. Um, and when you think about that season, the Cubs won 95 games. If they would have had anywhere close to what th- that you Darvish is doing right now in 2018, I, I, it leaves me wondering what if. Like that team would have yeah. won the division easily. That mm-hmm. team would have at least been in the NLCS. That team, oh, because that team was so good. But like down the stretch, there was just something about them that that couldn't take control of the division like they did in, in 16 and 17. And I don't know. We're always going to remember that year is just like we kind of choked at the end, just even though they made the postseason because they were the best team. Like they were one of the best teams in baseball, but losing the wild card game because the Brewers won game one did, did they have Tommy Hadvey that year, though? No, they had, they had. They 2018 was the year that they brought in all the guys that Joe Madden wanted. And the, right. the pitching coach, he used to be the pitching coach in Tampa Bay with Joe Madden. I forgot his name, but that's who he was. Yeah. He made it. He was there for one year. I think I think that's another thing that we're over kind of looking here, too, because I know that they have been super and, complimentary and, yeah, about Tommy Hadovy and you Darvish's success because he's worked with you to get him comfortable after – everybody telling him to do a million different things after the world series in 2017. So I, I, I don't think that we can go without salivating over it without mention Tommy, but I'm with you on that. I, you wonder where that team would have been, you know, yeah, if- they also had a different hitting coach then. And that hitting coach was all about, he kind of had that old school feel where he was all about, you know, hitting the ball on the ground or some shit. I forgot. He used to, I think he went on to be the Mets hitting coach and they don't fucking hit. So outside of Pete Alonso. So, there's no surprise there. I forgot I he I forgot his name, but anyway, they fired him after that year too. They've remember they fired a bunch of people and people were like, "When are the Cubs going to give these guys a couple more years or whatever?" And they were criticizing them for you know bringing these guys in and not and then just firing them them instead of you know removing the manager or removing front office or whatever. It was honestly it was so fucking stupid. But in the grand scheme of things, it, it has showed up this season in terms of Tommy Hadovy, which even Tommy Hadovy's effect showed a little bit last year because of you, Darvish, being good. Kyle Hendricks kind of turned more, was, you know, has been even better. Outside of, you know, 2016 led the, the led the league in ERA but or the NL in, in ERA, but, like, I feel like Kyle Hendricks is even better now than when in 2016. Um, you know, John Lester, I know he's had his struggles, but like he's been able to still be effective at times. I have to feel like that Tommy Hadovy has something to do with that. Alec Mills, I know he's been struggling, but like this guy was nothing in Kansas City, came to the Cubs, was a reliable arm in the pen last year. And, you know, he's had some good starts this year. And, you know, I could keep going. I mean, there's even guys in the bullpen who. Yeah, we talk about the guys of like Dylan Maples and fucking, you know, James Norwood like being trash. But there have been other guys who have came in and have completely surprised us. Like no one thought Jeremy Jeffers was going to be an elite closer this year. I don't know if Tommy Hadovy has something to do with that, but I'm going to assume so because, like I said, he was garbage last year. No one gave him credit, gave Theo credit when he brought him in. And he's been really freaking good, like like closer, like elite closer stuff. Rowan Wick, another guy that just came out of nowhere. I don't know if Tommy Hadovy had something to do with that, but, you know, he's a pitching coach. You got to give him some credit. So, yeah, no, Tommy Hadovy deserves a lot of a lot of credit. And, you know, going back to, you know, Darvish's 18, like 2018, you know, he had all those struggles. He had the arm, the arm problems, you know, the stress fractures, they said. And he had all the, the injury problems. On top of it, you got – that piece that came out of the LA times about, you know, him being, you know, soft basically because of how, like his quotes about, you know, losing the, the world series against the Astros, which now that we know the freaking Astros cheated. So the Dodgers fans, owe you Darvish a shit ton of freaking apology in my opinion. But, um, 
you got you had that article, and when at the time when that came out, you know, there's just a lot of slander for you, Darvish. You got you got Alex Rodriguez on freaking national television on ESPN saying, um, you know, saying that he heard from a source or whatever that um, you Darvish's lingering injuries uh, has led him to like lose the locker room with the Cubs and. There was another thing that I can't remember, but like so disrespectful stuff. Yeah, just a lot of bad stuff going on. On top of it, you Darvish at the time didn't know English. He had a translator. Right. And I feel like that when you Darvish learned English, not that it was an issue that he didn't know English, but it helped that he learned English and he deserves a lot of credit for that because right. now, because now whenever he talks in media, he can tell them exactly what he's saying and what he's doing and and whatever. And then the fact you got that, then the fact that he's a very fun guy on social media and stuff, it gets people to like him. So you mix those two things and the fact that he's just shoving, like I said, shoving 98 mile an hour fastballs down people's throats and just being an elite number one starter. Like it's just the entire shift in narrative on you, Darvish, has completely changed because of, of those things. And for me, I'm extremely happy for him because I was very pro signing Darvish in the offseason going into 2018, and I love Jake. And if anything, I was hoping that maybe if they got Darvish, Jake would just be like, fuck it. I'll take him back. I'll come back. <laughs> like, I, I, I'll take a short-term deal or some shit. I don't know. I, w- I, I was a very delusional fan at the time. But, like, <laughs> you know, I, I love Jake, but, like, you Darvish – is just another level, like in my opinion. And I, you know, even even in eighteen when things weren't going well and having to watch Arietta be as good as he was, I still thought that getting Darvish was the right move because I just feel like Arietta he hit his peak with the Cubs. You weren't going to get anything better than what you got with him with the Cubs, and that's basically what's happened. His numbers have been have gone down every single year with the Phillies. Meanwhile, you Darvish's numbers. <laughs> you can argue they, you know, they're right on term with what his career numbers are. He hasn't dipped, and right now he's playing at a level I don't even like. He's won a couple Cy Youngs, haven't? Has any? I, I don't know, but you know, I, I'd have to go back and look at his years in, in Texas. You know, you Darvish's numbers—they're not—they don't look any different outside nope. of you know, 2018, which he was hurt. You, can you really put a lot of blame on someone when they're hurt? Like. Nope. Like that, that it sucks when you're paying someone that much money, but in your out, that gives some the media to talk about, gives you know fans something to bitch about on Twitter. But like, that's not his fault, you know. And then the whole thing with the the arm problem in in 18 was the way the Cubs handled it. Like the Cubs really didn't help themselves a lot in 2018. Outside of the fact that they are winning games, you had the Addison Russell freaking bullshit. And then you had this U Darvish. It was a very, it, like this, this month of September in 2018 was a fucking shit show at Wrigley field, man, because, because of that stuff, like all that stuff together. And the fact that they just like shit the bed at the end of the year, like, out, but outside of that stuff, it, like I said, it just ge- leaves me wondering, like, if things would have just gone right with Darvish, like, if he just wasn't hurt and, you know, like that alone, I feel like the Cubs could have at least made it to the NLC, NLCS for the third straight year. And, I agree. Yeah. And going back uh, 2018 there, Chili Davis was the hitting coach. Chili Davis, yeah. And yeah. Jim Hickey was the uh, pitching coach. So, yeah, I had to add that one back in. That way our listeners didn't think that we're not trying to give the best podcast that we can, and we thank them for listening. Um, Again, Cubs on Tap is presented by OnTap Sportsnet. Make sure you're heading over to OnTap Sportsnet for all your sports and literature needs. And make sure you head over there for our Bears, White Sox, Bulls, Blackhawks. We have golf coverage. We have MMA. We have pretty much all the secondary sports you could ever want and more and we also have a merch shop so head on over there there'll be some cub shirts in there soon we are working on some new designs um moving on we'll talk about a little bit about wilson Contreras tonight because i think regardless of what we talk about we have to hit on him because of his monster night tonight and really realistically in the lineup he was maybe one of the only people who stood up stood out in terms of rbi chances and uh the night on the stat pad but what do you think about willie tonight you think he's broke through I, I hope so, man. I hope so because the Cubs need him. He, I mean, I think he's broke. He broke through because he got 
two of the what he had three hits or four hits three hits tonight he had um, three hits he had three right. hits uh two couple of them yeah. two of them were against flattery and i know flattery didn't have his best stuff but like that's an elite arm on the mound and i what i liked about Contreras was that on the first hit he went right back up the middle on a line drive and then the second at bat um, because of the shift, they had the shit. They had they always pull on the, to the left side of the diamond because he because he just always pulls the ball. So the first baseman was more so more more so closer to second base than first. He just went the opposite way and just kind of I don't want to say he nubbed it, but like just just shot through the infield. He just yeah. kind of slapped it down the first yeah. baseline. I I don't know if he intended to do that, but all I know is that. When players are struggling and they start hitting the ball up the middle or going the opposite way, that's when that's a sign of them coming out of it. And mm-hmm. I sure as hell hope, man, because it's been tough. It's been tough watching him in his play appearances. Um, but yeah, you know, he uh, he got all the runs tonight and against a, a good a good pitching staff. It wasn't like it was against you know you know the Tigers or the Pirates. It was it was against a good pitching staff. Even the Cardinals bullpen is pretty good. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's broken out and I, I, I just hope that he, even if he doesn't get a hit tomorrow, I just hope he gives the Cubs productive at bats. That's all, that's all you can ask for at this level is just productive at bats. And, you know, if things are going well, things are, things are going to fall for him. Yeah. I think that, uh, his first at bat of the night was kind of a precursor to him, kind of stating to everybody that he was back because he fouled off a lot of tough pitches. And then right when me and Ron Luce were talking about it last night, the most frustrating thing out of some of the guys in this lineup is just not taking what they're given, you know, and not, not going the other way with the baseball. And like you said, that hit to center field or, you know, right center there, um, he just took a pitch that was a pitcher's pitch and, and put it in, just deposited it in the outfield. You're not trying to do damage with bases loaded. Just trying to hand the baton to the next guy, and it was good to see you know him, him him do that. And then later on the ball game, he got a pitch to hit and he drove it. You know, I think there's a lot of guys that could learn from that mentality, and that's a lot of the reason why they're struggling because they're trying to trying to do too much when they walk up there. But um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see uh, Wilson have a nice night, and uh, I'm happy to put another point in my uh, fly the W player of the game because. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. I'm I got to be towards the top because I keep I keep picking them right. I'm telling you, I'm having myself a hell of a year so far. But, I'm definitely uh, not having a good year. <laughs> <laughs> like I I don't even think I have ten points, and we well we're you know a month and a couple days in. Like it's bad, it's bad. But I know I have some. Well, you got tomorrow because I'm going to give you the first chance. We're actually going to move on from tonight's Cubs four to one win. You Darvish spectacular. The recap is essentially. You Darvish doesn't give up anything. Wilson Contreras provides all the offense. So what we're going to do is move on to tomorrow's. Uh, we got to preview two of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it's a double day night doubleheader, right? Or five fifteen start for the first one, and then a bullpen day for the second one. So we'll uh, we'll preview <laughs> this first one. Um, Adam Wainwright with a he's three and zero with a two six five ERA, um, and Albert Alzale, who looked really solid his last uh, his last outing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this first fly the W player of the game, I mean, a lot of these we've done just a guy from the lineup who usually plays. So you get to pick one for both of the uh, the, the runs here. So uh, what I'll do here is, is I'll just give you the first game here, just a little preview of the pitching matchup, plus uh, what do you think uh, is going to happen in game one. Okay. Um, all right. Well, uh, so you said the first game is Wainwright versus Alzale. Yes. Um, okay. So like you said, he's, he was good in his last outing and, you know, I know people are freaking out about Chatwood and Q having to miss more time. Um, but this is, this is Alzale's chance to really earn him spot, earn himself a spot on the playoff rotation. Like not, not just like, you know, a spot in the rest of the season rotation, but like on the playoff rotation. Cause this guy's got the stuff to like get you to eat you five or six innings in a playoff game because he's got like swing and miss stuff and, you know, building off the last start. I think I, I personally, I would love to see Alzale, you know, you know, pitch great and, you know, continue that run into a postseason start. I, I've 
that's what I'm rooting for, to be completely honest with you. I, I don't know if the Cubs will do it, but that's what I'm rooting for because now that Q has to miss more time, Chatwood, you know, it feels like a billion years since his first two starts of the year. I don't know how the Cubs feel about them, too. Um, if anything, considering how much time they're going to miss, they're going to it's going to take more time for them to stretch out. How much? How many uh, pitches will they be able to throw once they come back? I don't know, but all I know is that, um, you know, Alzale has a chance here to really just earn himself a chance to to pitch in, in, like in the postseason, like that. And um, he, you know, going into last year, he was considered the Cubs' top p- pitching prospect. People want to shit on Theo and Judd because they can't develop a damn pitcher. Well, this guy, he has a chance to finally shut some of those people up. So uh, I guess I'll take him as my fly to W player because I'm I'm looking for a big day from him because to be quite frankly with you, like this Cardinals offense isn't scaring me right now. And maybe it's because you Darvish once again shoved uh, tonight. Um, but even in the games before that, the Cardinals offense outside of that Brad Miller guy didn't do anything in the last series. So, and he pitched well against the Cardinals. I think he pitched against the Cardinals in that five game series as well. So um, as an Alzalea, so I, he, he has some, I think he has he has a confidence going in, and you know it's these stupid seven inning double headers. Uh, obviously, going into tomorrow, you you hope the Cubs win at least one. Uh, that's that's uh, I think the first game. If you if they win the first game, less pressure to win the second game. So, um, yeah, I think uh, you know Alzale is going to give us a you know five or six strong innings tomorrow. Hopefully, the Cubs offense can stay hot and. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's about wraps that up. I agree with you. I think that there's a lot of pressure for them to win the first one, considering that the second one is going to be a bullpen day. So you, <laughs> when the Cubs hear bullpen and day, uh, <laughs> not the best. Uh, that, that doesn't make me too excited to watch the second ball game. Right. Um, I agree with you. I think Albert Alizale is going to have a really solid day. Um, I'm picking Chris Bryant for both of them. I think that Chris Bryant's at bats today were uh, indicative of him bouncing out of the slump that he's been in for a while since the injury. Um, so I'm actually going to pick KB for both. Um, we're going to move on to the next game just really quick, just to preview it. Obviously, I mentioned the Cubs have a bullpen day, but the Cardinals beat Trout now Dakota Hudson. Um, Dakota, he's like, yeah, he's like, one of, he's like one of the worst pitchers in the game right now, I, I believe. believe uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Dakota's one and two with a two seven seven ERA and five. Never mind, I'm thinking of something it's else. Not, <laughs> <laughs> he's not one of the worst pitchers in the game, so they'll get to see Wainwright tomorrow, and they'll see Dakota Hudson. Um, okay. So it'll be like I said. I think that if you're mashing these two together, it'd be really important for Ebert to have a really solid start um, in the first one because, uh, like I said. Cubs bullpen and them throwing. I would imagine somebody like Colin Rea probably picks up the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, who knows? I mean, maybe uh, just start with. I I, I think this oper- this this kind of gives us the opportunity to talk about like the Cubs haven't done this very often when it comes to these bullpen days. Obviously, Joe did a few, but this will be David's first. Yeah. What's your opinion on all of these? Like, I know that like this the opener has been a big conversation in baseball because you know you get to set you know that that closer gets to see one, two, three, and then you get to set you know, kind of your, your pitching, you know, moves for the rest of the game after getting through the, the heart of their order. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your opinion on the opener and, and the bullpen days in general? Um, I mean, outside of this year, like when you would see that, like Joe, like do them when Joe Madden was the manager, um, you know, there were days where they were frustrating and then there were days where it seemed like it was the greatest idea. But that I feel like the days that they're the greatest idea were the days that the Cubs won. So I mean, that's you know that is what is as far as like a league wide thing. Um, I feel like managers don't like them because then it just puts them, it just sets their bullpen back in the future. Um, and as far as me, I mean. I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I I do think that like the first game is like if, like for this season is very very important. And you know whether you're doing a bullpen day or the first day or or the first game or the, rather than the second game. I mean in the end I think it's the same strategy. I just feel like you know do, you got to 
get your best game in the first game first. That way you can feel somewhat okay if you can't get the second game. Because no matter what, there's pressure on both teams to win the second game. More so, more pressure on the team that loses the first game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't really have much of an opinion. I just think that um, they, they – in the, in the long run, it really doesn't help a team, if that helps. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that it puts a lot of pressure on, you know, young pitcher in, mm-hmm. in the first game because he does know that – you know, he's going to have to try to save that bullpen tomorrow. You know, it's either going to become yeah. a situation where he's pitching well and, you know, he gets to go longer than normal or he's pitching bad and he's just got to wear it. You know, I think that that's the, you know, the long and short of what, you know, this first game will be. And hopefully it's, you know, the beginning. Hopefully it's the first rather than the latter. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm picking uh, Chris Bryant for both. And you, you're just going to go with, with Albert or how about that second game? Uh, the second game, uh, who, who pitches for the Cardinals? Is this, do you, do you know who pitches? Dakota Hudson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he's a right-handed uh, pitcher, right? Oh man. Okay. Um, I'll take Jason Hayward. The guy's, he got a couple more hits tonight. The guy's been swinging the bat as well as ever. And, you know, we talk about you Darvish and, you know, the, the contract and the struggles and everything. This guy's been, he's got a lot of slander over the last four years and, yeah, everyone thought that it was a hundred and eighty-six million dollar, you know, speech in Game Seven. No, this guy, this guy is proven that he is proven this year that he still has it and he can hit. And hell, he's he's putting up better numbers. He might be putting up better numbers than he did in 2015 that earned him the contract. So, um, yeah, you know, he, uh, I mean, what he hit, he almost had a home run against the left-handed pitcher for the Pirates the other day. Like he, he could, it doesn't matter who's on the mound right now. That guy has, he's having great at bats. So. I'll take Jay Hay and uh, laugh whenever he hits a home run off his f- former team tomorrow. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's two things we hope for tomorrow: two Cubs wins and that Ian Happ's in the lineup for both of them. Oh, yes, yes. What happened uh, with that fluky foul ball in, in Pittsburgh? Did you see like the they showed like a view of him in the dugout like early in the game, and you could see the bruise on his eye like that just looked. <laughs> did not look good, man. Like that guy's not going to be getting any women anytime soon. No, but I mean, he is in and he is uh, in the MVP talk. So I'm sure yeah. there's plenty of girls out there who are willing to, uh, you know, get over it. <laughs> scared a little bit. If it means that uh, they get to sleep with the uh, MVP candidate, but uh, that's, that's not my business. <laughs> that's not my business either. So, we're going to lead this out. Uh, Cody, I give you two minutes uh, for whatever you want to talk about. I, I, want, I just want to say to you, I had a chance to listen to your Carabas episode for your other podcast, right. and fantastic. It was great stuff. I just want to commend you and your team for uh, putting out a great show. I thought it was awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and plug it. Um, so the podcast is called The Sky's Falling Podcast. It's, it's in my Twitter bio if if uh, if you don't know, and you can go follow me on Twitter at, at C.O. Del Mendo. And, um, yeah, no, we, when we talked to Jared um, – to beforehand it was kind of like a like a holy fuck moment just because like i've been a huge fan of him uh for a long time and the fact that he took the time to talk to me and a couple of my college buddies uh about some baseball was was incredible so yeah definitely if you're obviously if you're listening to this you're a baseball fan so i invite you to go listen to to that podcast and check it out um yeah, as far I think I've said everything as far as this game or, or and anything any other hate I have for St. Louis Juice. So I guess that, that's all I got. Thank you again for listening to that show. Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, so um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sure you got a nice two minute St. Louis rant. I you know I did, but we had about a 15 minute you know St. Louis rant in the beginning. So I think what I'll just say is is it's a terrible city and it showed tonight. On Twitter, the fact that these these idiots they're dumb enough to live there, so they're dumb enough to tweet idiotic things and, and thoughts like what we read tonight. I will say that uh, I do in, in some uh, some retrospects feel bad for them. You know, what I mean, yeah. it, it could be the uh, living so close to the garbage dump that that city was built on, and uh, maybe the fumes are getting to their heads, so they're just not thinking clearly. So uh, I will say uh, it was great to see uh, the, the Cardinals fall flat on their face today 
the Cardinal way must be losing to the Cubs lately. Because I'll tell you what, man, we've seen. A, it feels like we've seen a lot more Cubs wins throughout that rivalry than losses um, in the recent uh, recent run that the Cubs have had here. Um, I will say that uh, I enjoyed tonight's game, and uh, I definitely enjoyed tonight's podcast. I'll say that. I uh, <laughs> want to uh, thank all the listeners for listening to our uh, our rants, to our uh, explicit language. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I may or may not be a full bottle of wine through this uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, I've just been sipping, sipping, sipping as Cody's mm. been you know, preaching things that I a thousand percent agree with. So uh, <laughs> I will say that uh, I am semi-lit as we sit here, but hey. You, you love know, to see it. <laughs> there'll only be one. Um, what's today? September uh, 5th, 2020. There'll only be one of them in my lifetime. So yeah. might as well drink it up because that's, that's the, I'll never get this opportunity to sit in this moment ever again. So uh, cheers to that. I'll finish cheers. my last little bit of wine. It'll be before I go into my little spiel here. All right, Pat Sajak. <laughs> Cubs on Tap was presented by OnTap Sportsnet. Make sure you're heading to ontapsportsnet.com for all your sports and literature needs. If you uh, want to follow anything other than baseball, we cover it all. We have huge sports such as basketball, baseball, all Chicago sports teams covered there. And we have some secondary stuff as well, some golf, some MMA, um, some pop culture stuff as well. Make sure you're heading over there and copping some merch. It's bonfire season, Cody. I've been preaching it. <laughs> bonfire season. It's 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 time to uh, make sure that you're not the guy with cold hands at the bonfire. And you know what that you know what ensures that that doesn't happen? On tap koozies. On tap koozies are a great thing. You can get them at the merch store. You can head over there, buy yourself a hoodie. You know your girlfriend's gonna ask for it anyway, or the chick you're trying to smash at the bonfire anyway. So you can hand it over to her. She'll look great in it. And when you take it off later, it'll be a hell of a time. That's all I'm saying. And we're going to get out of here the only way that we can. So make sure you're getting over to that merch store. We're going to get out of here is the only way that we can. And I am drunk. So, hey, as I say in the business, fuck the Cardinals. Fuck St. Louis, you Darvish, NL Cy Young. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. But you, you Darvish, NL Cy Young especially. More, I'm emphasizing it even more. You heard it here, folks. See you later. <laughs> Are you a sports card collector? Are you looking to buy or sell your vintage cards? If so, contact Josh over at Midwest Vintage Cards. With over 25 years of experience in the field, Midwest Vintage Cards will pay you cash for your collection. Check out their eBay store by searching Midwest Vintage Cards or follow them on Instagram at Midwest Vintage Cards. Contact Josh at 847-602-8604 or email him at josh at midwestvintagecards.com to get your quote today.